welcome to the Atlanta Tennis Podcast. Every episode is titled, It Starts With Tennis and Goes From There. We talk with coaches, club managers, industry business professionals, technology experts, and anyone else we find interesting. We want to have a conversation as long as it starts with tennis. Hey, hey, this is Sean with the Atlanta Tennis Podcast, powered by Go Tennis. In this episode, Bobby and I talk to Alexandra Nancaro of Tennis Esports, an authentic VR tennis application with real ball physics. Have a listen. Let us know what you think. Alex, can you give me who is Alex? Yeah, um, so I'm Australian-born. Um, 29, I was a professional tennis player, so I was... Um, I moved to Spain when I was 15 to pursue tennis uh, independently. So I left my family back home and I uh, started on the circuit. Um, and yeah, I pursued my career for around eight years. I uh, made it to 300 in the world. I played Australian Open uh, as a wild card in the main draw doubles. Um, and yeah, I basically picked up Spanish and French along the way, which is which is quite fun. And um, by about 24, I got injured, I uh, hurt my hand, um, and I also got quite a bit tired as well. So decided to stop tennis, uh, became a coach as well at the same time, coaching everyone from uh, fresh beginners all the way through to competition. Um, and at the same time, I then started to study economics and international relations at the Australian National University. Um, I also tried 10 jobs, as I was saying before. Um, and before I joined Tennessee Sports, I was an economic advisor and a strategy consultant for KPMG. And now I am the chief of strategy and partnerships for VR Tennis Esports. So chief of strategy for VR Tennis Esports. What's that like? That you're chief of strategy for something that's never existed before. How's that play out? Correct. Yeah, it's a very fun job. Um, we're plucking out of the air a little bit. No, no, definitely. Um, Really promising. So we're in three different markets. We are in tennis. We're doing, uh, aiming to start a virtual sport, um, so an esport, and we are a software application on a primarily on the Meta Quest Two. So if you've ever seen the glasses, it's a VR headset. If I have a headset, you have a headset. Um, we can play and meet on a virtual court um, and play a match. So if I hit a slice serve wide, you will receive my slice serve no matter where you are in the world. I can be in Australia and you guys can be in Atlanta and we can play a match. That's fantastic. And so and I've been I've been looking through some of the some of the comments and you, you really want to avoid the trolls, of course, because you have I, I do the same thing every once in a while. We do some product reviews and I've been looking at it and I, I'll admit I do not have the magic goggles yet so i have not had a chance to personally play with this it would be one of those things where we'd say hey you know what bobby and i need a free set of goggles and we need free access to everything just so we can test it but usually usually there's a price point that doesn't always make that as easy as it sounds for us we just like getting free stuff and testing products but how where are you with the physics and everything because i don't know how old some of the comments are i know there are some questions on again this has never been it's never happened before so this is really kind of a new thing how does that happen when you say okay the physics is is it getting closer and closer to a real feel like tennis yep so um i guess yeah we pride ourselves and we started out as a research project in in collaboration with the technical university of vienna here 
um, a lot of our developers are from Vienna and, and we work really closely in person. Um, what sold me on tennis esports was the fact that we are very close to simulating tennis on uh, uh so i guess we everything from slices to drop shots to top spin to slice serves uh, to kick serves uh, that's all replicated and simulated um the difficulty is all the complications of tennis so the movement side of things um in vr the match play uh, in terms of different levels of players um and also graduating or transitioning people from the real world into a virtual sport essentially so that's kind of what we're battling with right now is just like the user experience from zero to 100 um but the physics there and i've tested it out and um, i'm i'm confident it feels like a um, you know tennis once you once you do get used to the virtual side of things um, in addition we also have a a, a racket handle controller um, so when you do have the controller on top uh, when you do have a you know, playing the tennis esports, you have a you stick controller on top, and you have a racket handle basically, um, and it's weighted and balanced like a tennis racket. So when you do impact the ball, uh, it will feel like a tennis racket. Uh, you've got your 300 gram tennis racket, and the same as the the swing weight as well. So when you do a, do swing through the ball, um, you'll get that feeling. And the next kind of step towards that is simulating the impact. So getting that haptic feedback of you know when you hit the ball, it's you feel it a lot more um, through the handle. Um, and my next goal is to have, uh, I guess, different feedback for when you're hitting an off shot and when you're hitting a good shot and when you're hitting a slice, when you're hitting top spin, things like that. It reminds me of the first time, and I was never much of a video game player, but the one of the Nintendo games, and it had the, the vibration. When you get shot with something, you know, you're playing these first-person shooter games, and it vibrates a little bit to make it feel, oh, no, I'm getting punched in the back of the head. And I, but to try to be able to to do that technically, the the racket I I said are they can I buy one now? Are they pre order? Where are you with the racket production? Yep. So handle. Um, sorry. So on our website, yep, you it, it does say submit a pre order. Um, we are also now recently partnering with what's a company called Hello Real. Uh, they come out of the states and they produce. Um, essentially racket handles just as well as they also produce uh, golf handles and other VR accessories. Um, you would have seen or you may not have seen, but uh, Golf Plus is the equivalent of tennis esports. It's a virtual reality golf application. Um, they are heavily backed by a lot of professional tech players from MLB, from NFL and the NBL as well, um, which is interesting. Um, but they are partnering with Callaway and uh, I think it is Taylor, something like that. So similar to us again, um, but you can play on all different types of uh, different types of courses as well. So uh, Hello Real produced that, and they are growing quite strongly, um, and they will be producing our rackets as well. That's fantastic. Makes we talk about that a lot, Bobby and I do about the the partnerships and say, hey, stick with what you do well. If you're doing if you're doing the VR side of it, that doesn't mean you also need to be a controller building company as well. Like find somebody who does those things. Bobby and I partner as much as we can and say, you know what? We do this, you do that. How about we just get along? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That makes total sense. We are primarily the software and that's our main focus and that's what we're what we're trying to do here. We're not we're not doing events or anything like that. We're definitely trying to focus on making the best app possible so it's the most enjoyable as possible. 
and Bobby introduced me to this. So I, I get to blame him that now I'm diving into the world of VR where I potentially would not have before. And I'll admit I'm a bit of a skeptic. So Bobby, have you, have you decided whether or not this is going to be a thing in Atlanta? If you, if you were to predict and say, Hey, go tennis or the Atlanta tennis pot, you know, what, what we can do to promote this and say, you know what? Tennis is very unique in Atlanta. It's a very unique city. It's unique in a way that's kind of an, I don't want to say annoying. That's the wrong word, but there's, there's a, there's a harshness to the uniqueness here. Like we do it this way. Here's how we operate and something new isn't always accepted, but do you agree that this could kind of creep its way in here? Oh, I, I, you know, I'm, I, I think I go back probably two years with Gregory when I first saw this and we started communicating and I was very excited and I saw his applications, which were, I think, first of all, you, you have to overcome Wii Tennis because that's going to be everybody's first thought is, oh, well, I, I had Wii Tennis. This was, well, Wii Tennis killed more arms than I, I can't tell it, you know, what sport, but be careful when you're playing Wii Tennis, that racket's not weighted right. People would go out and swing way too hard and they, they would get hurt. So that's number one. I think the second one is the glasses and getting where it's a, you know, a little bit more mass affordable because we do have 80,000 people in Atlanta who play tennis. So I think it will definitely go over. For, I put my coach's hat on here, and this was what I was initially very excited about. It's a ball machine in my eyes. You can do this in your garage. It's going to get you repetitions. If, you can, if it simulates the feel of the ball, and you work with your swing, and then you partner with a swing vision that gives you immediate feedback on your swing, I, I think it's a slam dunk. So uh, I mean, and something Alex just brought up, if you can simulate that you're playing Wimbledon or you're at the U.S. Open with the app and the feel like they're doing with golf courses to say, you know, here you're playing, the, you know, you're playing Augusta today. Well, you're here you are at the U.S. Open. Here you are at the Aussie Open. I think that would be a creative coup as well, just to get people excited and, and to, cause tennis never had that, you know, tennis, the big differences between golf and tennis, obviously in tennis, you're playing directly against a competitor golf, you're playing a course. So everybody wants to go play a different course in tennis. And I mean, in golf, in tennis, the, the, the lines don't change. The surface might change a little bit, but the, the, the dimensions don't. So there's not that novelty, but if you throw in this, and say, okay, you're center court Wimbledon today. Yeah, I, I do think it's got, I think we're moving in that direction. Like I said, coaching standpoint, I love it. It's, uh, it's the sooner we can get, make it affordable. Uh, that's what I've been attracted to when I first read about it. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So yeah, um, I, I'm glad that you hear that you, that you're saying this and the, the, I'm super positive and excited about it. So we're kind of coming out with two, two kind of main aspects and two features um so one is actually starting this virtual sport so basically as i was saying before if i've got a headset you've got a headset if i win a lot of matches we can start to formulate rankings we can start to formulate different types of skills and also really get into detail with some of these um and, and bridge the gap between you know some of the limitations we have in in, in training and physical training um by really going into to, to a lot of the data that you can track so I can simulate and replicate or, 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 or track some of the, the number of forehands I've hit, the number of forehands I've hit in, for example, how much spin and what my average spin is. Um, am I improving? Am I not? Um, so that could be one aspect of, of those kind of different kind of, uh, I guess, buckets you could go into with that virtual sport. Um, and at the same time, we're, we're releasing what's called 
uh, immersive tennis lessons. And what I really want to try and do is is, is expand uh, and complement the tennis world. So I'm not really just focusing on uh, tennis players, but also beginner players to teach people how to play tennis uh, from scratch and from anywhere in the world and really make it uh, quite accessible. Um, we can have players from all types of genders play, play against each other, of course, but we also have wheelchair tennis players playing um, at the same time who are able to, to play against able-bodied players as well. Um, so it's really, really quite inclusive. Uh, we're trying to make tennis and, and grow the sport at the same time. And finally, I just want to say to add to your coaching aspect, uh, we have a second feature or an add-on feature that is uh, technical analysis. Now, basically, when I was younger, I know when I was about 10 or that, that period between 10 and 18, I was obsessed with technique, um, really trying to get it correct. We'd spend hours and hours filming myself and then going back and watching and then analyzing again. And a month later or, or three months later, uh, things had changed and I had grown or something had just changed. I wasn't sure why. And it would take that whole three-hour session again to try. So with technical analysis, basically what we're doing is tracking your technique. So frame by frame, every single stroke. Um, and we are, one, providing an AI guidance. So working with tennis federations to pr produce uh, coaching rules where it can help you either prevent injury, it can help you learn topspin, it can help you either sim even simulate the pros. So we could try to get that data involved. Um, and secondly, you know, what we can do is, is essentially teach people how to play tennis and you can also track that. So imagine if you a month ago wanted to see what was happening uh, with your technique and if you were doing something different, um, you can then keep that data within your profile and learn how to how to either simulate it or take the best of what you were doing before. So it's, uh, it's pretty fun. And that lends me to two questions then. You're going to do stroke analysis, which goes to Bobby's question of, hey, have you talked to Swing Vision? Because if Swing Vision is going to do stroke analysis, you don't need Swing Vision for stroke analysis. Now, not everybody does just one thing, but in that case, they might end up being a competitor which would be a different conversation, meaning how, how do you stack up from a stroke analysis point of view to someone like Swing Vision who's been doing it for a while, but also it leads me to the I'm a tennis coach question and are you trying to put me out of business with your fancy online tennis coaching? Correct, yeah, so, so two, two, twofold there. One, with, with, with Swing Vision, I don't see much of a competition. I think we're a different product. Um, could be complementary again. Um, as we are in VR, so you're literally immersed in in this kind of you know aspect, and you're watching yourself tracking animated objects to do the correct movements. Um, so in 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 a way, it's actually complementary to the work Swing Vision have already done now. Um, secondly, with the coaching aspect, again, I really want to emphasize that we're looking beyond the tennis market. Um, I know Atlanta, Georgia, particularly are. Uh, have a huge population for esports and, and esports players and that uh if you look into it is growing very very fast uh the viewership for the us open final for example had a same the same amount of viewers for the one game of esports which is called league of legends and that was the grand final for that year as well so seven million online and offline for both both kind of events uh they're, they're at similar levels um for the coaches and for um, 
those players, one, our lessons kind of fast-tracked that, that movement from complete beginner all the way through to, you know, speeding you up to get to your, uh, I guess, level that you're coachable, um, where you're really, really making an impact. And second, again, uh, we're really not targeting any kind of, we know it's virtual, we know it's a virtual sport. We're really not targeting to replace anything. Nothing can really replace an on-court experience, but we are trying to get people to, uh, one, use that stroke analysis is more like a professional thing, but two, those beginner lessons are really just to bridge the gap between I've never played tennis before and I just want to get ready to be out on the court so it's not daunting um, and it's quite fun to play and learn uh, to get from zero to at least, you know, 10% of, of learning how to play tennis. And Bobby, would you agree? I made a comment the other day, Alex, we do, one of the things we do with Tennis for Children is we have what we call an off-court workout. So it rained yesterday in, in Atlanta, so we were rained out and we go online and we go on a Zoom call and we do, we set up our space and we do some physical activity in the kid, with the, in the kid's home, meaning every kid's at their own home. And we do some, we do some physical workout, get, get them, and they're all beginners. So they're all floppy and weak and can't do a plank. Uh, and at the end, we always do a little bit of tennis logistics. And one of the comments I made, and, and Bobby's on board with most of how we do this, but I'm curious to ask him if you can help with this concept. The comment I made, Bobby, was I believe you can learn tennis scoring faster by watching tennis than you can by playing tennis. Because there's so much going on when you're out there. You're trying to figure out how to hit a forehand. You're distracted by the butterflies. You see an airplane, and I'm, you know, these are usually kids, right? So can you, can you help with, and that's actually why I liked the Wii Tennis a little bit, because it did just kind of walk you through the scoring and it gave you no choice to get it wrong. Do you agree with that, with my comment there, Bobby, that it's, it's easier to learn scoring in a virtual setting or a digital setting than it is on a tennis court? I think it's a great introductory feature. It takes the trepidation out. You're not comparing yourself to somebody else right away. I'm a huge fan across the board of watching. I always say, the biggest problem for an adult is that they're not going to sit and watch as much tennis as we had to as kids because we would finish a match and we were at a tournament, so we're, we're going to hang out, so we're going to go watch more. Or you're at the club and you can get on the court again in a half an hour, so you have to watch tennis. That was part of growing up playing junior tennis was watching, where today, you know, especially as an adult, the adult plays and leaves. So they lose out on so much of the ability to watch and just learn. As a coach, I always say, look, I teach balance. I'm going to teach you how to stand up. How did I learn how to hit the little roll forehand? Well, that was Mike Mayer when I was 14 said, hey, do this. You know, it wasn't a coach. It was somebody I played with and said, give it a shot. And I, I, like I said, I love all these things. I think back in the day when I first met Gregory, I was thinking about using this as kind of like a ball machine saying I was right around COVID. I think it was our first phone call where I would buy a set of glasses and have people, the ability at the club play under, you know, make a club account type thing, like a ball machine and join the, the virtual reality tennis club, come get your glasses. And in this way, you know, the club will have glasses and everybody who pays in to buy in would have access to the, the, the service. So it, I, it, like I said, I think it got set back by COVID, but I, I still think we're heading in that direction. And everything, anything visual, I'm a big fan of because I think it expedites learning. 
yeah, that's really interesting you say that. Um, I think as well, you know, with our application, it's not fully fledged yet and is really open to, we're a startup, right? So we're still still building and it is really open to collaboration and, and those kinds of um, inputs as well. Uh, we are really trying to think about, you know, one, that aspect of making tennis a bit more gamified, that learning process. Uh, we know, I mean, my perspective from a, from a third party as well looking in, uh, we've got paddle, which we're competing with quite a lot, and pickleball, which is growing quite a lot as well. And tennis doesn't seem to be taking too much of that steam. Um, it's the mother of, for me, the mother of the racket sports. But again, uh, we are losing exposure to all these new sports that are quite a lot more social. Um, they perhaps aren't as quite as entertaining to watch, but they are. we are kind of losing players to those. And, and we really have to think about how that's going to work, particularly with new tennis courts that probably aren't going to be built because they're a lot bigger than paddle and they're a lot bigger than racket, than, than uh, racquetball, pickleball, sorry. So um, on a long term, this is how... I guess, especially for VR in my industry, we have to think uh, a decade in, ahead right now. And for me to do that is to think of, okay, well, why are all our teenagers perhaps going to play team sports or going to play games instead and doing other things? Well, perhaps because one, it's very hard and expensive to play tennis right now. Two, it's not quite as social. Um, and three, it's it's quite difficult to make a living out of it as well. So um, we really have to think about, you know, on the grand scheme, what are the what's the opportunity cost here? What am I? What are what are the alternatives to to doing tennis and not just expecting of that constant flow of tennis in the game? And I think um, teaching beginners that and making that easier uh, would be a thing. So yeah, I totally agree with teaching people how to play tennis within um, you know by watching or, or learning the scores as well. And you say we are struggling against these other sports. What's your target market? You guys are you're, you're based in Vienna. And we're obviously U.S. focused, right? When we say us, we think of the U.S. or maybe even sometimes just Atlanta. But your target market, and I know it's a, it's a virtual thing, so it's everybody, you know, everybody in the universe can play. But is, is, are you seeing, are you targeting Europe as it's more of a European adoption? Are you are you hitting the U.S. in, a, in the same way? What, where do you think you're, you're targeting right now that makes the most sense? Because I don't think we're struggling against paddle, as example, in Atlanta but we definitely are struggling against pickleball. Yeah, so, yeah, so, sorry to, to say that. Paddle is way bigger in um, in, in Europe than it is in in, uh, in the US. Uh, pickleball, for sure, is growing very, very strongly and it's got some strong investment. Um, our main focus, actually, is VR, VR owners. So the primary um, target market for us is people that own VR headsets. And secondly, trying to facilitate people to own and buy VR headsets. So that's that's one aspect of it. Um, the target market, again, is definitely the US. Uh, the majority of VR ownership is in the US. And so that's why we're headed there. We are partnering with Wilson. We are going to be at the US Open, um, hosting, hopefully, uh, a virtual US Open. Um, and, yeah, our main our main focus is essentially that, that teenage range between uh, what is essentially legal with ten, with uh, VR, which is 13. Uh, we've had a lot a lot younger try it, um, but just not for long periods of time and all the way through. So we have players at the moment up to about 50 years old because it's no impact to this, right? So it's quite comfortable. They can chuck it on and it's, it's 30 minutes. There's no travel time or anything like that. So um, the more compelling we can make it, uh, the better. Oh my God, t t two burning questions. One, and I, I don't do due diligence because I want to be the person who is 
like asking questions raw. How much space do you need? I mean, because I know just swinging, but if we're going to play a tournament, I can't imagine, you know, loading, transferring weight, love it all. Like I said, stroke production, but to, to I'm going to run. So how do I not run? I, I need more than a garage. How much space do I need? I saw a comment that you actually might need a, a full tennis court. Is yeah, that so that's true? too far. Yeah, so that's a definitely a troll right there. Um, okay. So you, we have two <laughs> modes, right? Um, one is kind of stationary where you really just need your arm width. So uh, it, uh, in meters, it's two and a half meters. In, in feet, it's like uh, I'm not six foot, but around that, five, five, four, I would say. Um, five, four by five, four. Um, and that's all you need. You don't need to move anywhere. And, and that's our job, right? To keep people safe while they're in VR. So we do. Um, kind of formulate the the coding so you don't have that incentive to run for the ball or, or get it um, and run into your sofa or into your TV. Um, and secondly, we have like a what's more of a running mode where you would take maybe half a squash court, maybe a paddle size, one size of a paddle court, and you could definitely run around the court basically. Um, and that's that's more where the virtual sport comes in. It's quite, it's quite active. Um, so, yeah. And that'd be great for a club that already has like a ball machine court. They already right. have half the court dedicated. So here would be some, in addition to ball machine, we can play a, a virtual match. So that would be awesome as well. My next question, of course, is has to deal with anything startup. And this is my fear because I've been involved in a lot of tennis based startups and, and we're, we're big fans of technology. And I completely agree that this is something where tennis fails miserably in seeing 10 years in front. We're, we're really good at looking 10 years behind and, and then asking, why isn't it like that? Well, we didn't know it was gonna be like that when it was happening. You, you, you know, in this country, especially in America, I would say we've never really done a great job marketing the sport. We market the player. Where golf markets golf, you get a Tiger Wood or a Jack Nicholas, the level of interest grows because of the personality attached to a game that's already familiar. As a coach, as a player, and I played all sports and I did play team sports. Tennis to me is probably one of the two most athletic sports in the world right now being played. And the players and the people don't understand. And, and it's because they don't get the exposure to the game. They were always exposed to the player. And they, they, you know, we do it backwards here, unfortunately. And I look at something like this and saying, wow, this is going to be a great introduction to kids because kids would gravitate to it more get over that initial fear of oh i've never played before well hey you know einstein said you do something 20 minutes a day you get very proficient at it go you know lock yourself in a garage for a year and you'll probably be a lot better off than you would have been if you were taking lessons and then go out and, and try to raise your game and, and hopefully the technology will be further along where we can get under 13 years old and you know not mess up somebody's brain so that that is exciting to me. But from a business standpoint, the fear, you're a startup. You said the magic word. Are we going to see now? You've, I, like I said, we started this conversation three years ago with Gregory. So that's good. Are we going to see you guys in three years? How are we making money? How are we going to see you in three years? Yes, yeah, so definitely. Um, so at the moment, what uh, I was saying before, we uh, primarily do brand activations and we partner with we partner with uh, companies essentially to have. Uh, their branding inside the application. So at the, in the first instance, um, before we can start to become a fully-fledged uh, application on the App Store, this is how we've been uh, essentially doing it, providing a service. 
Uh, we launch on the App Store officially. So think like a mobile phone, you have your iPhone App Store. Um, the same thing, uh, we need to go through a rigorous process through Meta to make sure that uh, the standard, we fit the standard. Um, and that takes time. There's a lot of backlog there. So when we do launch, which is around June, uh, we will essentially be um, like open for business more so than anything else. And uh, through that, we'll be uh, taking downloads. So it's fee for download. Uh, at the moment, it's discounted um, while we're while we're on the App Lab. So you can find us um, on the, I, I'm assuming there's show notes and stuff like that I can send you. Um, and so that would be one aspect. And inside the application, you'll be you'll have different kinds of um, features. So you'll be able to earn points um, and spend your spend your digital tokens uh, for different types of uh, products like uh, different rackets, different skins, things like that. Um, that might not necessarily mean money, but that will be that purchases and different types of uh, you know activations as well. And finally, uh, we'll have a separate add-on. So you'll be able to do, say, masterclasses where Federer, uh, Federer essentially teaches you how to play tennis. You'll be able to do uh, cardio tennis, for example. Um, and also perhaps you'll be able to do uh, things like, um, I guess, the stroke analysis. And so the, I love that. So we get, like, Bobby's question is, okay, how do you make money? It's like, well, we have sponsors and partners like everybody else and i just picture i picture a big go tennis you know in, in the stadium when we were first doing branding we were looking at like what does our branding look like at the u.s open and we put and we put it up there and we're like oh it looks really good right because we get all excited thinking we're awesome and so you're looking at that like i think it's i saw an interview with sam query the other day and he's jumping into pickleball he's gonna go beat everybody in pickleball which i just think is unfair but if you get a guy like that, you get somebody that comes in and says, hey, are we going to have an esports professional league? Because they're professional video game players. That's not Correct. my thing, but yep. there's a thing, right? So you end up with these tournaments and you end up with professional players. And I know Bobby's going to want to have some crypto conversation and try to find out if you guys are. She's doing already getting the token. She already did it. I mean, come Points. on. <laughs> <laughs> She's already That's coming it. next. She's We're going to have the, the tennis esports coin. <laughs> Um, which is fine, and but you I see you an NFT, sell. I guess <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But you end up with a with a full on league. You end up with professional events, and you can you can sell that way. But you're saying you're not actually because I saw the download. I can spend what thirty bucks and download the app or something on on the app store. But that's not an official thing yet because you said launching in June ish. Explain that. What's the difference? Yeah. So at the moment, uh, if you do search for us on the Oculus App Store, you won't find necessarily. You won't necessarily find us. You'll have to know about us to find us. We are on the what's called the App Lab. So it's essentially we're almost there. We're almost on the on the supermarket shelf. Um, but basically, we're in the we're in the you know I guess in the in the store or in the storage area. Um, so need to make sure that we are ticking all the boxes to move on to the platform basically and to be available you can still purchase us in the storage area um, of the app what's called the app lab but uh, you just need to find us so that's the only difference between being on the store or not but it does differentiate your exposure to the market essentially uh, to the VR right now um, and again so uh, just to clarify we're, we're taking downloads obviously you can pay to download us we are starting a virtual sport so to be very clear we will be having you know virtual events inside the application and those finals will actually be culminating in person so 
whoever makes the final or qualifies for the final rounds. Uh, the kind of vision is to have these final events at tennis events, um, you know, either at US Open events like Grand Slams or to have essentially a whole new VR arena where the finalists are, are coming in to play in person and they have a, an actual event and a, and a physical in-person party. So that's the way esports functions at the moment and we're moving towards that. We're trying to take the best of both, essentially. Bobby, that's going to be terrifying. You and I are in our basement. We have, we're, we're playing, we're playing e-tennis and we're having a great time against each other and we make the finals. Now we got to go in person to New York in front of millions of people. And now we got to play each other in an e-sport thing that we're used to doing in the privacy of our own home. Is that what you're telling me, Alex? hundred percent. Yeah. You're going to you might oh, have, that's to scary. This, but I'm just saying. <laughs> we don't have that person. We don't all have the personality for that. <laughs> so, I love yeah. it. I love it. You yeah. do it in a nice boardroom in a nice convention center, nice and easy on the knees again. I'm on carpet. It's easy. Exactly right. You don't have to. You know, it's cold outside. You might not want to. You might not want to go out and venture out. You can. You can just play virtually and you know switch between rackets. Choose your own racket. Choose your own ball. Play anywhere in the world. Uh, you know, we with the. The possibilities are relatively endless. Um, and once we get the physics down pat and those kind of user experience things, then uh, honestly, it's the sky's the limit. And yeah, we've already already had matches in the sky before, so it's kind of cool. Could you, I mean, and it, you might be already there from what you just said, potentially use this as a platform to demo rackets? I mean, you're, yeah, you're built so to the specs. Yeah, so we, like, when obviously we're in close partnership with Wilson um, and that's essentially half of their half of their job is testing new rackets, testing new designs, and I think there's a lot of possibility with the VR racket handle as well as um, just showcasing the the actual feeling of the racket and trying to differentiate that. Um, that's definitely an aspect. Again, we have to make sure as a startup we are bringing value enough that people don't even you know they really want to pay for something that's interesting, um, and so. We're trying to scope which we should do first, essentially. There's a lot of ideas and, and people are very enthusiastic once they try it. Uh, we had, you know, 90-minute wait lines at our last US Open um, and people just coming back. So, again, it's just about um, trying to make sure that we're, we're doing the priorities right and, and uh, fulfilling that list as well of, of wish lists. Fantastic. All right, Sean, go. I, she answered my business and my you know, tennis question. I'm done. Uh, we knew she'd be able to handle it. Uh, so my my favorite question, Alex, and I'm curious from a tennis point of view, but also within within the business that you're working on, if you want to stay within that, that's fine. Or if you want to zoom out from your own personal point of view, if you were king or in your case, potentially queen of tennis, of, of whether it's the world or Europe, Australia, the U.S., whatever your point of view is, whatever your vantage point, if you were if you were king of tennis, w is there something you would change or something you would potentially try to make better? Yeah, it's a good question. I really like this one. Um, so I think I think I would do kind of three threefold. One is from my experience um, trying to make it. So uh, to explain a little bit, um, being 300 of the world is hard. Um, you know, you really have to make an investment to move up to either make money, but you can't stay there for a long period of time because you're waste. You're basically burning cash, and that's not really nothing is coming in. So if I was to change one thing, it would be uh, I would change the economics of tennis and more so I'm sure that it's looked into it before, but I would essentially uh, 
bringing what's called like a fantasy tennis where the top players are either paired or teamed with the bottom players and we'd have like a something where it's a bit of, a bit more of a less zero sum more of an everyone wins kind of situation and, and we can grow the sport eventually at the end of the day the main thing is more people making money out of tennis the more depth that we have similar to football uh, so that would be one aspect um, secondly I think uh, as Bobby pointed out tennis probably it could be a little bit more entertaining that we could for mainly focus on um, not necessarily just the players and that, that perspective, but more showcasing the actual game and how difficult it is. So um, leading on to that, I think, you know, we need to think about our marketing strategy a little bit, a little bit better. Um, and finally, I think, you know, off, off of that uh, tangent, I'd love to see, you know, from my tennis esports hat perspective, um, you know, tennis, in 10 years, the events seem to be the same and they seem to be formulated the same. They seem to be a similar thing. You're coming to the event, you're watching tennis and you're going home. Um, I would love to see something change, you know, bring in some innovation, some kind of way that we can, you know, streamline your experience. Like it's a, a lot more, a lot more engaging um, and a lot more closer to the actual players. Uh, you're either you know closer to the players or closer to the game or really understanding what's going on, but it's an actual feature that you really look forward to uh, when tennis comes your way and something that you know you want to go home and play, not you're separated from the game and it's just an entertainment piece. So yeah, that would be my kind of three, two or three things. Yeah. Well, there you have it. We want to thank Rejuvenate for use of the studio and be sure to hit that follow button. Also, we've been nominated for a podcast award, the best tennis podcast. For more about that, check the show notes. And with that, we're out. See you next time.